Good evening, everybody. It is wonderful to worship this Christmas season with you. My name is Nick. I'm the senior pastor here. You know, you can appreciate the individual scene much more when you see the thing play out. We know this to be true. Many of you have gone to see Star Wars in the last week, and I'm sure at parts of the movie you sat on the edge of your seat with anticipation, with excitement, or maybe even with fear. And though that particular scene was good and interesting and compelling to you, you did not appreciate it fully until you saw the rest of the movie play out. Those of you who are Steelers fans experience this every week. Watching a Steelers game is like riding a roller coaster. It's up and down and up and down. And although there are many plays in the course of that game that you might key in on as unique or specific or important, it's not until the end of the game that you realize how important that one specific play really was. Browns fans, on the other hand... That's where the analogy falls apart. <laughs> you know, we live in a privileged time in history. Because now more than ever, are people able to fully embrace the awe that comes with celebrating Christmas. I know that it might not feel like it as our celebrations continue to change and evolve based on our consumeristic whims, or the fact that we're historically very far removed from this day that we celebrate. I mean, after all, we weren't there. We didn't feel the buzz of Bethlehem as the city began to fill up with people for the census. We didn't hear the cries the moans of labor pain that Mary had while she gave birth. We didn't witness the angels sing to the shepherds as they watched their flock. We didn't smell the stable that the family rested in. We didn't hear the first cries of the Christ child. Nor did we behold the look of wonderment on the face of those wise men as they came to offer their gifts. We are farther away from the events of Christmas than the so many who have gone before us. And yet, and yet, now, more than ever, are we able to experience the true awe in the coming of Jesus. And here is the reason why. Because I am convinced that true awe that you experience at Christmas happens when you understand who Jesus is in the course or through the course of eternity. We need to see this incredible night that we celebrate this incredible individual scene in light of the total picture of God's divine drama. And as history unfolds, we see more and more of who this Jesus really is. 
and his place in eternity to manger and to eternity. Now, there's a lot of places in the Bible that we could explore to look at this idea further, but tonight I want to focus on just two verses for you. They're found in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Now, many of you probably know that the book of Revelation is a vision of the end times that God gave to the Apostle John. And throughout this book of Revelation, Jesus appears many times, and he is described and identified. One such instance is found in verses 17 and 18 of chapter 1, where Jesus appears. And this is what he says as he identifies himself. He says, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and Hades. Listen again. Try to imagine with me the scene. And try to think about what he could possibly mean as he says, Fear not, I am the first and the last the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death and Hades. When you think about Christmas, how many of us, I wonder, think that this baby being born in Bethlehem on that night holds that type of severity in him? How many of us think of him in his eternal grandeur? Because this part of his self-identification, I think, is key to us really having a sense of awe and wonder at Christmas. So let's look at it a little bit further. Jesus identifies himself as the eternal God. In in Revelation chapter 1, God the Father himself calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, which means the beginning and the end. He is also referred to as the one who is, who was, and who is to come. And so when Jesus reveals himself and he says, I am the first and the last, he is mirroring the words of his very own father. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And the point is that who God is, Jesus is. Therefore, Jesus existed in eternity past. He never had a beginning. And he will exist into eternity future. He will never have an end. Before anything that you or I could conceive of in our finite reality ever came into existence, Jesus was there. And so when he came out of eternity and was born into time and to space, there is a great and wonderful and awesome reality that occurs. It's, it's, it's the great paradox of Christmas that this baby in the manger is innocent 
and beautiful and tender. While at the very same time, he has seen all and knows all and even created all. And as one who stands outside of time and space and chooses to enter in, there surely has to be a purpose for this. And we see this purpose in Revelation chapter 1. It's interesting how he identifies his purpose in these two verses, but he does so with just two words. He says, I died. Behold, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died. And at first blush, that might seem to us like a fairly bizarre way to describe yourself. I mean, after all, we all die. But it's striking that the one who exists in eternity, the one who has no beginning, who's always been there, the one who has no end, who always will be there, that type of person isn't supposed to die. And yet that's exactly what Jesus willingly did. As one writer says, his eternal livingness was interrupted by his experience of human death. And as a result, he shares eternal life with God through his triumph over death. Now it's interesting to think about the type of descriptions that Jesus could have used for himself. There are many. For example, he could have said, I'm the first and the last, and behold, I came to earth. <laughs> a miracle. He could have said, I was born of a virgin. <laughs> An equally profound miracle. But he said, I died. And this puts us in a precarious situation I mean, after all, most of us recognize Christmas as our biggest holiday of the year, but the events surrounding this biggest holiday of the year are really the precursor to a much greater event. The fact that he died. The events of the manger are incredible. But they're even more incredible when you put them, or when you see them in light of their real purpose. John 1.18 says that in coming to the world, Jesus made his Father known. First Peter said that his purpose in coming to the world was to suffer once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So Jesus came at Christmas to make God known and to bring us to him. His sacrifice for our sins is sufficient for those who would put their faith in him. This is the way that we're brought back to God. And this is the gospel that all of these events that we celebrate around Christmas ultimately point us to. And it's important to note that coming out of eternity into finite reality and then back into eternity with birth and death in the middle has a lasting role for Jesus. And it is this. He says in verse 18 of Revelation 1, this other way he identifies himself, 
I hold the keys to death and Hades. The baby in the manger holds the keys to eternity. Because he died, but rose again and lives forevermore, he holds in his hands the eternal future of all of us. And those that would put their faith in him would be with him in eternity. And those who do not will be judged. My friends, this this is an incredible silent night. It was a miraculous birth. There were angelic celebrations. There were even earthly wise men that came from afar to worship him. Wonder. Amazement. Awe. But this little baby Jesus was so much more than they had ever realized. I don't know about you, but I want to experience wonder, amazement, and awe at Christmas. Every Christmas. And true awe happens when we see who this Jesus is in his eternal nature. You can appreciate the individual scene much more when you see how the whole thing plays out. What creates that true sense of awe? True sense of awe in the coming of Jesus happens when you see his eternal nature. God, the eternal God, with us. Merry Christmas, everybody. And as you celebrate Christmas this year, may you think not just of the events of the past, but I encourage you also to think about the events of the future. Because in them, the glory of the past is realized. And true awe at Christmas is revealed. Merry Christmas. May God bless you and your families as you celebrate together.